On this episode of Nonstop BS, we wrap up our draft uh, previews for teams with um, finishing up two, the last two divisions, the NFC South and the NFC North, um, and then going over some of our best bets for these final two divisions heading into the draft tomorrow. Are you sick and tired of listening to the legacy media speak repetitively on the same teams, topics, ideas, themes, and players every day? Nonstop BS is a podcast that will give you topics and thoughts about the NFL, NBA, college sports, NASCAR, and others with a deeper vision into why things happen the way they do around the world of sports. There are so many lazy takes from all your favorite media personalities that frustrate you and me every day when we turn on our television or phone. Whether it has to do with politics and sports, promoting big brands, and ridding topics of context just to sway the listener's opinion. I, for one, am sick and tired of this type of sports media, and that's why I'm bringing you Nonstop BS. Nonstop BS will dig deep into the why things happen in our favorite sports leagues, creating interesting conversation along with making me and you a smarter, more insightful, broad-thinking sports fan. Not to mention, I will give you betting picks for multiple leagues using our new way of thinking about the world of sports and having a little bit of fun with it, along with maybe putting some money in our wallets. So if this sounds like something you've been craving when tirelessly listening to people shout at you about how wrong you are from all of your favorite sports media outlets, then make sure you tune in with me, Cole Lynchide, and take the journey of these fantastic seasons we are gifted to enjoy for entertainment with me on Nonstop BS. What's up, everyone, and welcome into another episode of Nonstop BS. Today on the podcast, we are simply going to be going over the NFC South and NFC North, squeezing these two in before I release this mock draft episode so that you guys have all the draft content, even though I've kind of delayed it, but you have all of the draft content um, that you could possibly want from us here before the draft on Thursday morning. Um, whenever you were getting this, either late Wednesday night or Thursday morning, this episode um, if you are getting this Wednesday night, the mock draft episode will be released over the or in early in the morning on Thursday, so you guys will be able to listen to that um, on Thursday, up, leading up into the draft. Super excited about the draft, I know everybody is. But without further ado, I just want to jump right into this. I have been working really, really hard to try to squeeze all of these episodes in, so um, let's get to it. We'll start off with the NFC South here today. Like I said, we'll be doing the NFC South and the NFC North. Um, and so, yes, so for the NFC South, let's start off with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, so the Buccaneers kind of in a rebuilding stage, um, and they head into the draft, um, with with a a decent first round pick as I pull up their, um, picks here. Um, not, you know, a team that, that I'm kind of surprised is not rumored to, be one of these teams that's going to be trading up. They have the 19th overall pick in the first round, the 50th pick in the second round, and the 82nd in the third round. So first, second, and a third. Um, a team that I'm kind of surprised is not trading up to try to draft a quarterback. They have Kyle Trask, who they drafted in the second round two years ago. And it's kind of worrisome, I feel like, that we haven't heard more about Kyle Trask. Uh, you know, a really good prospect, somebody that was was kind of was rumored in mock drafts at this point, you know, in two years ago, um, in, in the draft process, he was rumored as being a, a possible late first round pick, ended up being a late second round pick. 
Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, I just it's it's very surprising to me that he has not seemed to have um, as much of an opportunity as you would think to compete for the starting job with Baker Mayfield, who they signed to a one year deal in free agency this year. Um, slated to be their starter right now, and it seems like they're going with they're going with these two. Um, but you know, it's it's a team like I said, kind of in a rebuilding stage. Um, on offense, still really pretty good skill position players, um, and and I think they've done a lot, a pretty good job of um, bringing in young players to replace other players, such as Rashad White at running back, who comes in and will replace uh, Leonard Fournette, who they let walk in free agency. They also signed Chase Edmonds. Um, Rashad White, I think, is somebody with a really high ceiling heading into this year. Also, Kate Otten comes in at tight end, uh, was a rookie last year, a fourth-round pick, and played really well down the stretch for them um, in the playoffs. Became one of Brady's, actually, uh, favorite targets, especially in the red zone toward the, red zone toward the end of the year. Um, so, I, I, you know, still Chris Godwin, Russell Gage, Mike Evans at wide receiver. Um, I could see them adding depth there, maybe, but nothing in the first three rounds, I wouldn't think. And then the offensive line. The offensive line is really the only other spot. Um, they've lost some players. Donovan Smith, they lose at right tackle, and he really struggled last year anyways. They bring in Matt Filer. They bring Matt Filer over from the Chargers. Um, but, you know, that's a position that I don't think... Matt Filer struggled last year, and they bring him in on a pretty cheap deal. I, I think that they're going to be looking to draft a tackle. They understand and have uh, really utilized... Um, the offensive line is being kind of a building block to their team, uh, with the Brady years. So I, I think they're probably going to want to keep doing that, especially with two pocket passers like Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask that are going to be competing for the job on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, there's, they're still pretty strong overall, but they do have some holes that I could see them filling, especially on the defensive line. Um, they bring over Greg Gaines from the Rams and he's supposed to compete for their, def- their three technique position, defensive tackle. And then they also drafted Logan Hall in the second round last year, who was expected to take over at the uh, defensive end position. <clears throat> so, you know, Logan Hall played a few played some snaps last year. It wasn't too impressive when he did play. Vita Vea is still the nose. I-, I could see them adding defensive tackles in this draft at some point early on. Um, you know, it's it's a uh, it's been a position that they have been really strong at for the last few years. And Vita Vea is a really strong nose tackle, really good nose tackle. Um, but definitely a weak spot on their defense. And they did at times last year, they, they, they were showing signs of struggling, um, stopping the run. So, and that's something that they had never really done and they have really good linebackers. I, I just, I, I think that that's probably one of the keys that they're going to be looking at to keep this defense really strong. Cause they've drafted well outside of that to, in, in recent years to kind of rebuild and build back up this defense. When you look at, you know, Antoine, Antoine or Antoine Winfield Jr. Um, in the second round in 2020, and then Joe Tryon, who shined in, in spurts last year as an edge rusher. He'll be taking over um, at the outside linebacker position opposite Shaquille Barrett. And, you know, I, I could see them adding another edge rusher. They don't have much depth behind Tryon and, uh, and Shaq Barrett. Um, and, and, and Shaq Barrett's not getting any younger. Um, so he's, I believe, going to be 31 this season. So, you know, I, I, I think that... Um, I would not be surprised at all for them uh, to add another edge rusher and kind of try to keep building. They've had, like I said, really strong front sevens. That's been the building block of their defense. Secondary is still pretty strong. Um, they do lose Sean Murphy bunting, but Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis had really good years last year. Another another position I could see them adding depth, but they don't really need any starters at the moment. Uh, I don't think it's their biggest issue on the team. They have young, good players still at that position who they have under contract. So, um, kind of went with Jamel Dean over 
uh, Sean Murphy bunting when when they were deciding who they were going to keep and who they weren't. So, uh, you know, Jamal Dean, Carlton Davis going to be their their corners going forward. Um, and then the safety position, they're good. I mean, Antoine Winfield, Ryan Neal had a pretty good year last year for them as well. So um, defensively, that's kind of where I see them going. Okay, let's move on just quick as can be here because it's going to be kind of a drawn-out episode with two divisions. So quick as can be, we'll move on to the Atlanta Falcons. You know, when I looked at the Falcons and I started doing my my research for them, <laughs> I'm shocked at how strong this team actually is. Fewest needs in this whole division. And, you know, it's not like that means that they're going to be a playoff team this year. I don't, I don't necessarily think that. But but I do think they've done a real... This organization has been one of the quietest organizations over the last couple of seasons um, when it comes to just, just putting their head down and working, it seems like, and not really going out and making big, splashy signings in free agency, but making good draft picks. They've had a lot of successful draft picks over the last few years. And uh, just just building a team really good. And then this year, they finally went out and made some splashes in free agency on defense. And I think they filled a lot of holes that they needed to. And, you know, if they can get the quarterback position right, which is where we'll start off here, that, that I think this is a team that is kind of, you know, maybe one year away from emerging and, and, and really being a good team. But really well-coached, um, exciting team. Quarterback, though. They draft Desmond Ritter in the third round last year. All signs point to them going with him right now. But that being said, there's quite a few quarterback needy teams, like I just talked about with the Buccaneers, who have been really quiet heading up into the draft. Um, the Falcons sit right now. Um, currently, they have, as I'm pulling it up here, currently they have the eighth overall pick in the first round, the 44th in the second round, the 75th in the third round. I mean, they're sitting in a prime position to be able to move up and take the quarterback that they want. Maybe they don't like any of the quarterbacks in this draft enough to, to do that. Um, but I, I am kind of intrigued to see what happens if one of these guys, one of these top four, you know, Levis, Richardson, um, or even Stroud, one of these these guys fall to them, what they end up doing. So that'll be really interesting. Quarterback, obviously, a need. They do bring in Taylor Heineke from free agency, and I think he's probably, even though that's not what they're kind of saying right now, he's going to compete with Ritter for the job. Uh, you know, Ritter, I liked Ritter coming out a lot, but he does have limitations for sure. And he looked really, really raw last year in the limited playing time that he got at the end of the year. So um, Heineke's a guy that I think if they think they're going to be competitive, I would not be shocked at all to see him be their starter week one. Uh, the only other real, real main need, their offensive line has, I mean, they have built this offensive line up so well. One of the better offensive lines in the NFL at this point. No real needs there. Tight end Kyle Pitts. Uh, running back Tyler Algier, I, I think is one of the more underrated young backs in the NFL. Um, so, so, you know, they have a lot of really good young talent, uh, wide receiver position, Drake London had a fantastic end of the season last year. I think that that was a huge hit for them in the draft. Um, and he will be their future wide receiver one. I mean, even this year I could see him moving into the top 20, top 15 wide receivers in the NFL conversation, but they have no depth behind him anymore. Um, you know, they've let a lot of receivers walk over the past few seasons. When you talk about Calvin Ridley, uh, of course, with the the sports gambling incident, um, and then you know letting Russell Gage walk, and, and he's now a Buccaneer, and then this year they let Ol- Olamide Zacchaeus, who is really he really carved out a role with them as being a deep threat, uh, let him walk, and he ends up uh, leaving in free agency. They have nobody to speak from behind um, Drake London as a starter quality wide receiver. They do bring in Matt Collins and Scotty Miller from free agency, but I don't see either of them as being there. Um, guys that they're hoping are going to be 
uh, lining up opposite of Drake London week one. So I think a receiver is a real need for them. And I think that's probably how they're going to utilize that 44th pick in the second round. Um, I believe that's what I said. I believe that said that right. It's 44th. Yeah, they have the 44th. Um, 44th pick in the second round, though. Um, I, I think that wide receiver is probably more of a fit there. I don't think at eight, eighth overall there's any wide receivers from what we're hearing that, that teams are interested in taking in the top 10. It just doesn't seem like that at this point, that there's any, you know, Justin Jefferson, um, uh, trying to think of other ones, CD Lamb, you know, type prospects in this draft. So um, I, I would definitely see them leaning toward wide receiver here in one of these first three picks, probably with the second or even the third maybe. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I talked about it. This is one of the most underrated rosters in the NFL on defense. They bring in a lot of big-name players and a lot of guys that show. I think that this is kind of telling that they think they're going to be able to be competitive this year. Um, Bringing over guys like Calais Campbell, uh, Jesse Bates from the Bengals at safety, um, you know, um, Bud uh, Bud Dupree from the Titans. They, They brought over a lot of veterans. David Onyemata from the Saints. A lot of veterans. Eddie Goldman coming back that have come back to this team or come to this team. Um, and I think that, like I said, that really shows that they're adding to this young core that they have um, of AJ Terrell, you know, great, Grady Jarrett's an older player at this point, a, a guy self-made though. though. And uh, Richie Grant, another good secondary player they've drafted. Troy Anderson, linebacker, um, who they have a lot of hope for second round last year. They, they've added some, some really good veterans to this, this defensive core and I think they're going to be able to make a push and be a pretty good, pretty solid defense this year. They they showed, you know, signs last year at the end of the year, especially of having a lot of important positions on defense covered. So, um, you know, I, I could definitely see them go linebacker. Caden Ellis is their other starting linebacker, and they are probably going to have a competition at the uh, will position. Um, but and, and even at the mic, you know, with Troy Anderson, they have a lot of hope for him, but he did not have very much playing time last year. Um, I, I could see them going linebacker. I could see them going edge rusher. Bud Dupree comes in, like I said. Lorenzo Carter was pretty good for them last year. but um, And then they drafted Arnold uh, Ebikidi last year in the second round as well, who I think they're expecting a lot more out of this year. I, I could still see them, like I said, going edge rusher, though. They don't really have that young, budding superstar presence. That is, again, a, a really realistic possibility, I, I believe, for them with that eighth overall pick is, is getting a a superstar pass rusher if Will Anderson um, or, or you know, some of these other guys fall to them early on. So, But besides that, I mean, Falcons, a team that I think, you know, could probably add anywhere, but one of the better and more underrated rosters in the NFL. All right, moving on to what I believe is kind of, at this point, surprisingly, an overrated roster in the NFL. One of the more overrated rosters in the NFL, the Carolina Panthers. So, everybody probably knows from now, you're listening to this episode um (laughs) the Panthers have the first overall pick in the draft after making the massive trade with the Bears um they also have the 39th and the second and the 93rd uh in the um third round of the draft so three picks in the first three rounds they're going quarterback first overall uh first and foremost that it's it's fairly obvious you don't obviously you know I don't feel like I have to explain this but you don't trade away that much to not draft a quarterback so Really don't need to talk about it. They need a quarterback. They have Andy Dalton. They drafted Matt Corral last year. They need a quarterback. They identified that. They moved up. They sold a lot to go up there and get get a quarterback. They also need to fill out the offensive line. They have a pretty good offensive line. Um, you know, Austin Corbett played pretty good for them last year after coming over from the Rams. 
Um, their tackle positions are very good. Taylor Matone at the right tackle, and then rookie first-round pick last year, Akeem Aquanu, had a really good season as a rookie, and I'm expecting him to take even another step forward. Um, the guard position, though, um, opposite Corbett, uh, Brady Christensen, who was a third-round pick in 21, he was inserted in the starting lineup pretty quickly as a rookie, and he honestly has struggled ever since then. He's been a weak spot on their offensive line. Um, they bring in Justin McCray from the Texans to be to compete with him. I would not ex- I would not be surprised if at some point they had another offensive lineman. Uh, you're drafting a young quarterback. Protection for the quarterback. These teams that have been su- super successful. You think about the 49ers. Um, even even if their quarterback struggles. You know, multiple teams have been successful with a young quarterback. Um, the Eagles with Jalen Hurts. One of the best ways to be able to do that is by having a really, really good offensive line and protect the young quarterback very well. So I, I think that filling out the offensive line is something that when you draft a young quarterback, every team should be doing and probably will be trying to do. So guard is a realistic position for them. Wide receiver, I think, is another realistic position. <clears throat> they've, they've got quite a few players, but... Um, I just don't see the proven, you know, young talent that they expect to take a leap forward here and to kind of build with with Bryce Young if that's who they end up taking. Um, you know, they bring in DJ Chark on a one year deal as a free agent. They also trade for Adam Thielen from the Minnesota Vikings. Or I'm sorry, signed Adam Thielen after he was released by the Minnesota Vikings um, to a two two or a three year deal. I guess technically it is. You know, to Adam Thielen, an aging player who still I think has a little bit left in the tank, but n- nothing that, no, he's not somebody that at this point that's going to be your your superstar wide receiver one or two. DJ Chark I think is somebody that has a lot of potential in this offense. Um, but besides that, they have Terrence Marshall, who they drafted in 2021 as a second-round pick, and he has been to this point a bust. They're expecting more out of him this year. They kind of opened it up by trading DJ Moore, that this is going to be Terrence Marshall's opportunity finally um, to kind of take a role in this offense I just I don't I don't really have that much faith in him because it's not like Carolina has been boiling over with wide receiver talent over the last couple seasons. So um, we'll see what happens there. They also have Lavisca Chenault, who was kind of a gadget player for them last year after uh, they traded for him from Jacksonville, and he's a good player. Demir Bird, another good player. They don't have anybody like I said though that's going to come in and really steal away this wide receiver one position. So. You know, wide receiver is another position that they could go after and try to um, um, draft somebody that they can they can you know link up with Bryce Young. Um, offensively, besides that, they bring in Miles Sanders at running back. They still have Chuba Hubbard. I think they're pretty good at running back. Hayden Hurst comes over um, in free agency at tight end. Pr- you know, pretty good skill positions. They they just I think they still just need that superstar wide receiver and they need to um, search for that somebody to replace DJ Moore. I don't think they have an uh, any sort of, um, you know, even replacement for DJ Moore or anybody who possibly could be that even on the roster at this point. On the defensive side of the ball, they have some stars. They have some superstars, and I think that's where a lot of people are like, man, this defense is still pretty good. Yeah, but they have quite a few holes too, and they have also some draft busts, <laughs> flat-out just busts on this defense. Um, starting with the D-line, Derek Brown, Great player. Um, building block for them. Outside of that, I could see them filling and bringing in competition at any role on the defensive line, and that includes edge rusher. Brian Burns, another great player, but Yetter Gross Matos, a uh, guy they drafted in the second round in 2020, has never lived up to his stock. 
Um, he was looked at as kind of somebody who most people thought was gonna were gonna go and he was gonna go in the middle of the late first round, slip to them in the second round, and uh, a lot of people loved the the draft pick when they selected him. But man, he has not been he, he hasn't carved out a role for himself, and he hasn't been able to consistently um, be the start a starting edge rusher for them and produce at, at any and and they're gonna be relying on him this year. So. Um, this is going to be a make or break year for him. And I just, I think that heading into his final year on his contract, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they had an edge rusher to, to try to compete with him and to try to push him, um, to get a good year out of him and see what they can get out of him flat out. Um, linebacker inside linebacker. They're pretty good. I mean, Shaq Lawson, great player. Frankie Louvu has played pretty good for them. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's played pretty good for them as well over the last, um, two seasons, and uh, so the, you know, inside linebacker pretty solid. Cornerback position, J.C. Horn massive hit in the draft last year. Dante Jackson, somebody who was really good over his career, but he has struggled in the la- over the last couple seasons. That really ever since he got a contract, his second contract from the Panthers, um, it, it's it's been a struggle for Dante Jackson. He was one of the worst graded cornerbacks in the NFL last year. Um, and then also they traded for C.J. Henderson. He had a bad year last year as well. They've got talent in the secondary. Jeremy Chin, Xavier Woods, uh, Von Bell comes over from the Bengals. They've got talent, but a lot of this talent, like I said, are, are coming off of really bad years. So I, a cornerback, I think, is another realistic position. Um, Jeremy Chin's expected to be more of a uh, nickel, play kind of the nickel role for them next year, um, bringing over Von Bell. Uh, he's expected to be the starting safety at this point, um, opposite Xavier Woods. But I think Jeremy Chin's going to be somebody they try to utilize and, and try to um, you know, fill the secondary where it struggled last year. So, um, but like I said, cornerback is another definite, definite possibility for them in the draft. Okay. Our final team in the NFC South is the, my goodness, New Orleans Saints. <laughs> yes. And the Saints are, um, starting off here. The Saints are a team that usually has a fantastic offensive line has for years in the Drew Brees era. That was over always, you know, they, they, they would draft offensive linemen early and often, and they seem to always hit on them. Well, some of them are getting old, and some of them are just not as productive as they used to be. And that starts with the guards. Andrews Pete, somebody who, you know, early on in his career was a really good player. Uh, he struggled over the last three seasons especially and has really shown early decline. I think it's he's someone that I would not be surprised if they bring in try to bring in competition um, for him. And then Cesar Ruiz has just kind of been a bust ever since they drafted him and in uh, 2020. Um, so, so both those positions, I could see them identifying and trying to draft a guard, um, to come in and compete and try to steal one of those jobs. Um, so yeah, on the offensive side, guard is a huge need tackle still pretty good center, still very good. Eric McCoy. Um, I, I think the rest of the offensive line is still pretty solid wide receiver. Very good. Michael Thomas expected to come back and be opposite Chris Olave. Um, that, that also doesn't even include, um, some guys that they got really good production out of last year that are expected to fill kind of slot roles, different roles and, and come in for, uh, Michael Thomas. But you know, at, at, <laughs> the wide receiver position for the saints is a position that I feel like it could be one of the best in the NFL, or it could completely crash and burn yet again, um, outside of Chris Olave and turn into just a disaster. Um, but guys, I was talking about like Rashid Rashid Shahid, <clears throat> who came in and had a good year last year uh, as an undrafted rookie for them, um, and, and and then yeah, so 
uh, Kwan Baker, a guy who they drafted in the seventh round. I think they're going to um, try to maybe see if he can make it onto the roster and compete as well as a receiver. I, I think they're overall pretty good at receiver. I wouldn't see them drafting one early. Tight end, maybe. Juwan Johnson had a good year last year for them, um, and, and they re-upped him on a contract, and he's supposed to be their starting tight end at this point. But um, tight end's a position that, realistically, I could see them drafting, especially where they're sitting late in the first round, as I did not read off what their draft picks are, my goodness. Um, but they sit right now. Um, they have the, my goodness, 30th overall pick. 29th overall pick. <laughs> 29th overall pick in the first round the 40th in the second round the 71st in the third round um so yeah 30th or 29th and 40th that's where i was getting mixed up there 29th and 40th i could see them drafting one of these higher end tight ends there's supposed to be three tight ends that most people are expecting to go late first round to mid second round um all of those fall in range of the saints with one of those draft picks i think it's a position that they value quite a bit and they, I would not be surprised if they, if a guy who they really like falls to them at some point in that, in those early with those early picks, um, if this team drafts a tight end for Derek Carter, um, to to have a, have as a safety blanket, basically. Derek Carr, quarterback for them, no issue there. Jameis Winston, the backup at this point. Alvin Kamara, Jamal Williams comes over in free agency. Um, pretty good at running back as well. So. You know, guard, tight end, basically the main positions that I could see the Saints trying to draft early. On the defensive side of the ball, defensive line, better than most people think. You know, they let Marcus Davenport walk in free agency, but uh, and, and a lot of people, I think, um, it made sense to them, but they really didn't fill the role. They also drafted Peyton Turner in the first round in 2021, um, a guy who they're expecting more out of, and, and they, they honestly got some uh, good play out of him when he did play last season. I think they're expecting him to have a bigger role. Carl Granderson is another guy who they have had um, as a rotational pass rusher who's played pretty well for them. So they've got some depth at edge rusher. Um, and, and I think, like I said, Peyton Turner is someone who they're expecting a way bigger role out of this year. At the defensive tackle position, they bring over some guys, Kalen Sanders, Nathan Shepard. Um, I think that defensive tackle is a definite need for them heading into the draft. Linebacker Pete Warner, Demario Davis, Zach Bond. Um, you know, linebacker, not a major need for the saints. And then in the secondary, um, another secondary that has quite a bit of talents, quite a bit, quite a few names that people probably know. Um, but they struggled a lot last year. Safety. They're very good. Tyron Matthew, Marcus May. Um, but Bradley Roby, Paulson, Adebo, Paulson, Adebo, a guy who came in and had a really good rookie year as a third round pick in 2021. And he's kind of just diminished as his career has gone on to this point. So, I think they still have hope for him, and he's still expected to play a big role for them this year. They also drafted Elante Taylor um, in the second round last year, so um, they're definitely they definitely have some depth at corner that they're um, expecting to take steps forward this year. But at the same time, another corner I would not be surprised if they had another corner. Um, Bradley Roby has just been kind of a disaster ever since they traded for him, and I think he's um, quickly on the decline. Marshawn Lattimore is still a great player for them. So cornerback. Defensive tackle, I think those are the main two needs on the defense for the Saints. Okay, we'll finish off the NFC South with um, best bets um, heading into the draft for them. I only have one, and actually it has to do with something that we just talked about. It has to do with New Orleans Saints. Um, looking at the Saints draft market for first position um, drafted, defensive line and edge rusher, which I said is a need, 
is minus 200 as the favorite. Offensive line is plus 250. Also makes some sense. Um, those are the two heavy favorites, though. Obviously, minus 200, plus 250. Tight end is plus 700. Uh, so 7 to 1. Wide receiver is 10 to 1. Okay, that doesn't make any sense to me. Quarterback's also 10 to 1. That also doesn't make any sense to me. Um, when you invest what you did into Derek Carr. Um, and, and, and bear in mind, you know, 10 to 1, it's not like that's saying that there's 0% chance. 10 to 1 is basically saying there is just under a 10% chance, 9 to 8% chance um, that that happens. That, that's what the odds imply. Wide receiver and quarterback, to, for that to be their first pick, I don't understand how there's almost a 10% chance of either of those things happening. So it means we obviously have a market that doesn't make a lot of sense. Minus, at least to me, minus 200, <laughs> minus 200 that implies that there is a two-thirds, so 66%, basically 66, 67% chance that they draft a defensive lineman or an edge rusher with their first pick. This team is going to be sitting at, um, like I said, 29th overall, okay? A lot of the edge rushers, usually in, in first rounds of drafts, a lot of the edge rushers that have grades that 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 are, um, you know, first round grades basically, they go early in the draft. It's a position that everyone wants. Defensive tackle is definitely a need. That's also turning into a position that everyone wants. A lot of these high graded defensive tackles in this draft are supposed to go early on in the first round. A lot of teams um, are looking at them at the you know that that are looking at them and that have um, been rumored to them. Um, draft early on the draft. Minus 200 is ridiculous for the Saints where they're sitting with all the needs that they have for there to be that heavy of a favorite um, to a position that doesn't make sense based on where they're sitting. I'm not saying that it's not going to happen. There's definitely a good chance that it does happen, but minus 200 implies there is a very likely chance that it happens. I don't see that happening. 7-1, to now that implies that there's just over a 10% chance that they draft a tight end. I think there's way more than that. Seven to one seems ridiculous for me, and I just explained how the other other um, you know other positions in this market quarterback corner or quarterback wide receiver defensive end they don't make any sense to me. Offensive line plus two fifty that makes some sense to me. Um, I, I think that that's realistic. I also don't think it's the most likely scenario. Tight end to me should be more on the, along the lines of offensive line. I think three, four to one makes a lot of sense. Maybe even under that. Maybe tight end should be the favorite. Maybe tight end should be more like plus 200. The more I think about it, like I said, they sit at 29th and 40th overall. That is prime position to grab the best or the second best tight end in the draft based on what we're understanding right now and where tight ends are valued and where they typically go. Neither of these guys, Dalton Kincaid and Michael Meyer, are supposed to be like blue chip or TJ Hawkinson type products. Um, so tight end makes so much sense based on where they're sitting. And it's a massive need. Okay. I seven to one seems ridiculous to me. I'm gonna be laying a bet on that. Um and so that that's my that's obviously, as I just explained, my favorite position on the NFC South. Okay, move on to the NFC North. Um, so starting off here with the Chicago Bears. Um, man, I need to go quick here. Okay, I'm not trying to run you guys all night. Chicago Bears, team needs tackle, center on offense. Um, Braxton Miller played pretty good for them at left tackle last year. Um, but he's, but he's again, if, if they have a chance to move up and to 
um, or if they have a chance to stay where they're at, I mean, and draft the best ta- the best tackle in this draft, I think that protecting Justin Fields is going to be something they're really going to be trying to do. Um, running back also is a position that makes some sense at some point early on in the draft. Um, let's flip back over here really quick, and we're going to um, go back to the Bears' picks in this draft, as I always am forgetting to do as I'm trying to fly around here. Um, they have the ninth pick in the first round, the 50 se- 53rd, and the 61st in the second round, and the 64th in the third round. So four picks in the first 64 for the Chicago Bears. Um, but yeah, offensive line makes a lot of sense. Running back at some point with one of those picks, or even later on, makes a lot of sense. Edge rusher, massive need. Um, they need multiple edge rushers on this team. They did not address that at all in free agency. They had, after trading Khalil Mack last year, the worst pass rush in the NFL last season. Um, that defensive tackle, they do bring in Justin Jones and Andrew Billings um, in free agency, but I think defensive tackle is still a pretty big need for them as well. Um, neither of those guys are, they're, they're really just kind of filling in players, veterans that can come in and, and not be a complete um, disaster for them, basically. And then cornerback, they have a lot of young players that they drafted last year, um, but a lot of them struggled in major roles, and you know a lot of that goes on um, to what I just talked about with the defensive line, but um, you know, these are early draft picks. I, I don't see them investing a lot in the secondary in this draft early on, but I, I also would not be surprised, as I just said, if they draft corners at some point, maybe with that third round pick that they have, I think that'd be a, uh, a position that makes a lot of sense for them to go after the Detroit Lions. Like I said, we're going to move quick wide receiver, Jamison Williams suspended, um, announced earlier this week for sports gambling. Um, and he also barely played with his injury that he was still dealing with all through most of last season. Um, they bring back Marvin Jones to play alongside Josh Reynolds and Amonra St. Brown. I don't think that this is a position that they're going to invest a lot in. Very similar to what I just said with the Bears with secondary. Um, the, you know, the Lions, though, they're pretty strong at wide receiver still, um, especially when Jamison Williams com- comes back, and he's a very high investment for them that they made last year. Um, so I don't expect them, like I said, to, to, to invest a ton and early on in a, in a wide receiver, but, um, adding some depth there, I think would make a lot of sense. Uh, Josh Reynolds and, and Marvin Jones, two guys, I think that are more toward the end of their career this is Amon Ross St. Brown and Jamison Williams team, but adding a third receiver in today's NFL. And especially with the question marks they have all along the wide receiver position, I think that that would make a lot of sense for them. Um, along the offensive line, very good. Tight end, still have not replaced TJ Hawkinson. Um, another team that I could see try to address the tight end position in the first, maybe second round. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, they have quite a few needs. Defensive tackle, they were one of the worst defenses, especially in the beginning of the year at stopping the run all season. Uh, position they still need to really address. The edge rusher, Hutchinson, is a really good player. Um, they have some interesting players and some guys who played good roles last year, but I think that they still are going to be looking for another guy um, opposite Hutchinson to come in and fill that, occupy that other edge rushing position. And then safety, they need competition. They filled a lot of players um, out in their secondary at cornerback, but safety, I think, is a position that they will also be looking to address. Let me finish off here, and I'm just going to read these guys because I'm not going to be keeping keep on flipping back and forth here to be able to read these off. The Lions have the sixth pick, the 18th, the 18th pick, the 48th pick in the second round, the 55th in the second round, the 81st in the third round. So five picks in the first 80, 81 um, in the draft. The Lions have a lot of draft equ- equity 
coming into this draft. So a lot of positions they can address. Okay, move on to the Green Bay Packers. The Packers here, as I won't forget this time, um, the Packers are sitting after that trade um, where they trade Aaron Rodgers. They move up two spots in the draft with the Jets. They rotate spots. They have the 13th pick in the first round, the 42nd in the second round, the 45th in the second round, and then the 78th in the third round. A lot of late-round picks as well for them. Packers have quite a few needs, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball. At least I personally think they do. Still a really pretty talented roster, but on the offensive side of the ball, the skill positions are as bare as they've ever been. This is a common complaint, it seems like, every year with the Packers. Well, this year it's way more realistic than, than it ever has been before. Christian Watson flashed at you know mid to end of the season last year. I think he's the real deal. I think they've they've hit on a receiver there. Um, but outside of that, they have Romeo Dobbs, who who you know somebody who showed a little bit of um, you know possibility of being being a a piece to this offense. But besides that, they have absolutely nothing at the wide receiver position. I think that they're going to draft two, maybe three wide receivers in this draft. Um, at some point, and I definitely think they're going to be taking one early on, maybe with that first-round pick. Tight end, Joseph Josiah DeGuara is now the starting tight end right or currently for the Green Bay Packers. Listen, with Jordan Love and those wide receivers I just named, <laughs> you need to address the tight end position. Um, I, I think, with again, a lot of draft picks for them as well. Um, tight end is going to be a position they're going to be trying to address also um, early on the draft. Offensive line? Running back, still really good at those positions. So I think wide receiver and tight end are the way that they're probably going to go on offense. And then and then on defense, front seven, I'm just going to skim through it. Very good on, on in the front seven still. Um, I don't see them drafting anyone early in the front seven. But the secondary has a lot of issues. Savage and Amos were uh, honestly one of the worst safety tandems in the NFL last season. And there will definitely be comp- competition at both safety positions. Amos um, no longer with the team uh, coming into this year. And then Darnell Savage. Um, I think he'll still be a starting safety on this team. He's had a lot of really good years for them since being drafted in the first round. But, I, I again, I think there's going to be a lot of competition in the secondary. And then depth at cornerback position. Razul Douglas had another good year for them. And, and Jari Alexander's a really, really good player. Um, but they do not have very much depth at the cornerback position. And they struggled especially, especially against receivers in the slot. When you look at what Justin Jefferson did, did against them last year, um, early on in the season, along with multiple other receivers, <clears throat> I, th- I think that bringing in more cornerbacks is definitely going to be something they're going to be trying to do. Okay, finishing off with the Minnesota Vikings, um, offensively, wide receiver, uh, losing Adam Thielen. They do not have much depth at wide receiver anymore. Justin Jefferson, KJ Osborne, a good player. Um, I-, I think that they definitely need <clears throat> to add a couple more wide receivers, though. Um, and especially one early on, I think that that's going to be a position they try to address, um, early in the draft. The Vikings have at this point, um, after the trades that they made, they have, um, the, my goodness, the 23rd pick in the first round and then the 87th in the third round. Um, and that's all they have in the first three rounds in the first 87 picks to be exact. But wide receiver is probably going to be one of those, I would I would assume. Or they will trade, as has been rumored a lot with them, they'll trade down and try to acquire more picks in the draft. Um, but anyways, wide receiver, a position they definitely need. Running back, I think, is a position they could address at some point in the draft. Dalvin Cook has been rumored and still is being rumored that he will most likely be traded um, after June 1st. So 
running back another position I could see them addressing. On the defensive side of the ball, defensive tackle and linebacker. <clears throat> the Vikings got gashed continually against the run. Um, they lose Dalvin Tomlinson, their best defensive tackle to free agency. They need to add a de- interior defensive lineman. And then linebackers, they have some young players that are supposed to come in and play some bigger roles for them this year. Brian Asamoah, uh, one to be exact, and fill the Eric Kendricks role. But I think that they're still trying to add depth at linebacker. Corner, another position where they're very young at, outside of bringing in Byron Murphy in free agency. Um, and they were just flat-out terrible at cornerback last year. So um, they're, they're definitely, at some point in the draft, again, going to be trying to add a cornerback as well. My favorite bets for the NFC North. <clears throat> Um, so first off position of the first drafted player for the Packers. So this market right now is wide receivers, the favorite at plus 150 defensive lineman, edge rusher at plus 225 tight end plus 250 offensive lineman at 350. Okay. The Packers just traded up to, um, the 13th overall pick. They passed the Patriots. Okay. I, I understand this isn't exactly what it means, but if you're telling me Basically, with these odds, if you're telling me that there's about a 40% chance, a 40% chance they're going to draft a wide receiver when they jumped the Patriots, okay, they jumped the Patriots, a team that needs a wide receiver about as much as anybody in the NFL, um, and they specifically wanted to do that in this trade. You're telling me there's still only a 40% chance they're taking a wide receiver. Also, defensive linemen, edge rushers, the ones up in the top 10, 15 are going to go in the top 10. Tight end, none of these tight ends, none of these tight ends make any sense for them to have to jump the Patriots to try to take, and they're plus 250. Unless the Packers are trading back down, I don't understand how it's not an offensive lineman. Um, Very slim, but possible chance it's cornerback, which are 10 to 1, also a bet that I kind of like, small on. But But unless it's one of those two positions, which I think are long shots in and of themselves, Wide receiver is a almost a guarantee here. Um, I think plus 150 is a really valuable bet. I think this should be more like minus 150. Um, I will definitely be betting them to draft a wide receiver first. Uh, the Vikings, um, when you look at their market, wide receiver plus 200. Um, remember, they sit at 23rd overall. Wide receiver makes some sense. Cornerback plus 200. That makes a little some sense as well. Quarterback plus 300. I don't believe these rumors whatsoever. I'm very invested in the Minnesota Vikings. If you don't already know, I think I've said it before, I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan. I don't believe at all that this team is going to try to basically take the fifth quarterback in the draft just because uh, somebody that a lot of people didn't even say, and a lot most teams don't even have graded as a first-round quarterback, that there that there is a you know a, a 25% chance they're going to take a quarterback um, at 23 overall, or they're going to trade up and try to mortgage their whole future when they already don't have very many draft picks they're going to try to mortgage their whole future while they have Kirk Cousins still under contract in the last year instead of waiting till next year and when they're going to have more draft equity and be able to really kind of identify a quarterback they want to move up and and grab it it just doesn't make any sense to me defensive line however is plus 450 um edge rusher defensive line slash edge (laughs) that is a position of massive need, especially the interior of the defensive line. And they're sitting in a prime spot for that. I think where you're sitting in the draft has a lot to do with what position you're going to draft. Um, I think defensive lineman and edge at plus 450 is ridiculous. I think that should be flip-flopped with quarterback. It should be about plus 300 to plus 250. 
Um, and I would, de- I definitely am going to place a bet on them to draft um, a defensive lineman with their first pick. Okay, that's going to be it for this one, you guys. Um, thanks for bearing with me as I ramble through that. Mock draft episode will be out, so keep your eyes open for that. It'll also be a quick one, but I wanted to give you guys a mock, my mock draft heading into the draft. Hopefully you're excited for that. Thank you for listening to another episode of Nonstop BS. If you're not following me on Twitter, you can follow me at Lynch Ed Cole. You can follow the show at Nonstop BS Pod. Um, then you can also follow along all my bets that I post on the Action app um, at Cole underscore Lynch Ed. Hopefully you guys have a good one. Enjoy the draft. Enjoy the mock draft episode. Thanks for listening to another episode of Nonstop BS. My name is Cole Lynchide, and I will see you guys later. felt like we had a really successful episode and you know we're not really about the saris like any of the catch-ups like where i was what i was doing you know what we did it we moved on and